Welcome to Bite at a Time Books Behind the Story, where we answer the questions you have about your favorite classic authors. What inspired your favorite author to write their novels? What was going on in the world at the time? Follow along with us as we tell you what was happening in the world while your favorite authors wrote your favorite classics. My name is Bree Carlisle, and I love to read and wanted to share my passion with listeners like you. If you want to know what's coming next and vote on upcoming books, sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Be sure to follow my show on your favorite podcast platform so you get all the new episodes. You can find most of our links in the show notes, but also our website, biteatatimebooks.com, includes all of the links for our show, including to our Patreon to support the show and YouTube, where we have special behind the narration of the episodes. We're part of the Bite at a Time Books Productions Network. If you'd also like to hear a book by the author, check out the Bite at a Time Books podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Today we'll be talking about the pen names of Mark Twain. Twain used different pen names before deciding on Mark Twain. He signed humorous and imaginative sketches as Josh until 1863. Additionally, he used the pen name Thomas Jefferson Snodgrass for a series of humorous letters. He maintained that his primary pen name came from his years working on Mississippi River boats, where two fathoms a depth indicating water safe for the passage of boat, was a measure on the sounding line. Twain is an archaic term for two, as in, the veil of the temple was rent in twain. The river boatman's cry was Mark Twain, or, more fully, by the Mark Twain, meaning, according to the mark, on the line, the depth is two fathoms. That is, the water is 12 feet deep, and it is safe to pass, Twain said that his famous pen name was not entirely his invention. In Life on the Mississippi, he wrote, Captain Isaiah Sellers was not of literary turn or capacity, but he used to jot down brief paragraphs of plain practical information about the river and signed them Mark Twain and give them to the New Orleans Picayune. They related to the stage and condition of the river and were accurate and valuable. At the time that the telegraph brought the news of his death, I was on the Pacific coast. I was a fresh new journalist and needed a nom de guerre, so I confiscated the ancient mariner's discarded one and have done my best to make it remain what it was in his hands, a sign and symbol and warrant that whatever is found in its company may be gambled on, as being the petrified truth. How I have succeeded, it would not be modest in me to say. Twain's story about his pen name has been questioned by some, with the suggestion that Mark Twain refers to a running bar tab that Twain would regularly incur while drinking at John Piper's saloon in Virginia City, Nevada. Samuel Clemens himself responded to this suggestion by saying, Mark Twain was the nom de plume of one Captain Isaiah Sellers, who used to write river news over it for the New Orleans Picayune. He died in 1863, and as he could no longer need that signature, I laid violent hands upon it, without asking permission of the proprietor's remains. That is the history of the nom de plume I bear. In his autobiography, Twain writes further of Captain Sellers' use of Mark Twain. I was a cub pilot on the Mississippi River then, and one day I wrote a rude and crude satire which was leveled at Captain Isaiah Sellers, the oldest steamboat pilot on the Mississippi River, and the most respected, esteemed, and revered. For many years, he had occasionally written brief paragraphs concerning the river and the changes which it had undergone under his observation during his 50 years, and had signed these paragraphs Mark Twain, 
and published them in the St. Louis and New Orleans journals. In my satire, I made rude games of his reminiscences. It was a shabby poor performance, but I didn't know it. And the pilots didn't know it. The pilots thought it was brilliant. They were jealous of sellers because when the grayheads among them pleased their vanity by detailing in the hearing of the young craftsmen, marvels which they had seen in the long ago on the river, Sellers was always likely to step in at the psychological moment and snuff them out, with wonders of his own which made their small marvels look pale and sick. However, I've told all about this in old times on the Mississippi. The pilots handed my extravagant satire to a river reporter, and it was published in the New Orleans True Delta. That poor old Captain Sellers was deeply wounded. He had never been held up to ridicule before. He was sensitive, and he never got over the hurt which I had wantonly and stupidly inflicted upon his dignity. I was proud of my performance for a while, and considered it quite wonderful, but I have changed my opinion of it long ago. Sellers never published another paragraph, nor ever used his nom de guerre again. Thank you for joining Bite at a Time Books behind the story today, while we answered some of the questions you have about one of your favorite classic authors. Again, my name is Bree Carlisle, and I hope you come back next time when we answer more questions about one of your favorite classic authors. Don't forget to sign up for our newsletter at biteatatimebooks.com. Check out the show notes or our website, biteatatimebooks.com, for the links for our show.